0: Welcome back to the Lime Podcast. My name is Aaron Alexander, and this is a place that we bring together the world's leading experts in all things health and wellness to help you optimize your mind, body, and movement. Today's conversation is with the legendary Dr. Caroline Leaf. Dr. Caroline Leaf is a cognitive neuroscientist. She has a PhD in communication pathology. She is a prolific best-selling author and her most recent book is titled How to Help Your Children Clean Up Their Mental Mess. This conversation is invaluable. I would listen to it, I would take notes, I would activate on what she is suggesting in here, and so important, it really elucidates exactly how to tap into your subconscious, tap into your habits and your habitual thoughts as well, not just the habits that you do, but the habits that you think, and start to go in and retool remaster the thoughtscape that you experience throughout the day so if you're experiencing anxiety or depression or even some type of mental emotional pathology this conversation really opens up a broader, more nuanced perspective on the happenings of our internal landscape. So there is just so much to learn from Dr. Carolyn Leaf. And I really have an immense amount of admiration and kinship with her. I appreciate her immensely. I consider her a friend. We've known each other for the last several years. We've oddly enough never met in person, but our conversations are always phenomenal. I've done her podcast several times. She's done mine. We've done IG lies together and just really a wonderful human being. So I hope you guys know this conversation. Thank you for leaving us reviews on wherever you listen to this. Thank you for sharing it with your friends, sharing it with your family, anybody that you care about. I think this would be a conversation that would be supportive to share. Let's get to it with my gal, Dr. Carolyn Leaf. We're in, Dr. Leaf. We're locked Here. and loaded.
1: <laughs> I love it. Locked and loaded.
0: Locked and loaded. Um, I would like to start with over-the-top question that I feel like you've thought about a lot. I'm curious your perception on how uh, you define the concept of God.
1: That's a big question. So I like to talk about god God Godness, as opposed to God, because I think when we, just for for my kind of, way I see it, it's such a big concept. So saying, saying God makes it, people tend to say him or her, mainly him, and limited. So I, I prefer to expand the idea and think of godness and totally associate godness with loveness. It's
0: more like a verb than a noun.
1: hmm I think it is. Yes, godness, loveness, and very much associated and rewired for love, and that's kind of how I see it. And it's deep spiritual part of us. It's who we are. It's what we connected to. But it see very much godness, loveness. Those two I see very much in alignment to, use the word, the name of your podcast.
0: The name of the pod. <laughs> What is love and what's the value in one's neuropsychobiological disposition?
1: Well, our neurobiological networks pretty much are the engine of those is love. So love is energy that makes things work and we're literally wired for love. And that's what scientists actually say. So in other words, all of our, with the way that our mind networks work, the way that our neurological networks work and the way that our body networks work is for survival, for love, for it pretty much being on our side, helping us to live life and the ups and the downs. So, when things are threatening us or things aren't what they should be from experiences, then that wild for love nature gets challenged. And then our body goes into, well, not our body, our psycho biological network goes into survival mode to try and help us deal with that.
0: What What is your relationship been with love in your life?
1: Obviously, the most obvious is, you know, husband 35 years or 36 almost now and children four kids but also the work that I do you know just the years of clinical practice 25 years and 38 years now being in this field that it's um knowing and learning about how the line brain body connection works and helping people with that it's just there's so much you can get back into the world so our relationship with love is obviously the most you know relationship first and then how we can expand that relationship out into the world to have value and meaning touch people's lives so when i'm doing research i feel that love and i, mean, I find you know, discover things with my team and we write our papers or writing a book and you, that kind of is that love coming out of who i am as a person
0: something i value about you is the I re, i'm a big fan of bridges and you know, bridging the gap between you know spiritual or scientific for example, I think it's very valuable. It's like I I've actually heard you say this and you know, other people and just make sense, but it's like two sides of the same coin. And you become dogmatic and be like, we're team science and I only trust the science. And then it's like, well, we're team like energy and spirit, and you know, we only trust the the invisible forces that are governing it all. And there can be kind of like a pompousness on each side. When when meanwhile they're just two sides of the same situation. And so, I, I, I would love to hear your perception of how do we tangibly, uh, objectively describe or elucidate uh, love within the body or peace within the body or uh, words of that sort or compared to fear in the body, for example, to have something kind of binary.
1: So, the way I'd look at that is we designed, as I mentioned, really structured or the organization of our psychoneurobiological network is organized for us to be at peace, acceptance, go with the flow in terms of ups and downs because that's all part of our character development. We live in an era where misery and learning and challenges are pathologized or medicalized and I think that's really created a lot to the mental health epidemic because we are pandemic that's global because we need a process, we need to go through things, we need to feel grief when we see something that's hurt us when we see bad things happening in the world, depression and anxiety. Every emotion is good because every emotion gives you information. So if you think of a scale, I can explain it like this, two scales with your like balancing beam thing in the middle, Your two old-fashioned scales in an old-fashioned little shop where they weigh things. Let's just get that kind of vision in your head. And imagine that both sides are filled with emotions and no emotion is bad because every emotion is giving us information. And even things like depression and anxiety and envy and jealousy and unkind, kind, so you have kindness here and unkindness there and that, whatever. But they've got to be balancing because if I slip into unkindness, which we see so much of in our world today towards ourselves and towards others, that means that the scale is going to dip off if we if focus too much on it as an, as an experience versus understanding why you're feeling that unkindness. So why am I feeling kindness? Why am I feeling unkindness when I constantly become curious? And reflective, um, and gather awareness of those emotions and the impact on myself, others, body functioning, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. When you function holistically, you keep the balance. But as soon as we look at this through a distorted lens, and we start seeing an emotion as a symptom versus informational signals or information messengers telling you something about you, telling you because of calling you to go deeper. If you don't, if you see it the other way, if you just see it as oh, it's a symptom of some kind of a brain disease or something that's wrong with me as an individual, you take away all the, the learning experience all the beauty all the depth all the insight and you start tipping the scale. So now de- instead of something like unkindness or depression or anxiety working for you in that you learn the message and, and shift it and get your alignment right, it starts tipping in the wrong direction. And then we get consumed because as humans, we're not supposed to be tipping like this. We're supposed to be you know, doing this kind of thing all the time and adjusting and readjusting constantly, which I call mind management So, you know, when we go off. So if we don't process and experience and allow ourselves to you know, talk through the things and work through the things and recognize the sources of how we function, all that kind of stuff, and manage that, we're just gonna tip into a point where depression then becomes depression, stress, all these things that are actually good for you. Will work against you.
0: Yeah, it feels like the the modern model that Western folks approach disease can be a bit alienating, and it can create this "it" that exists out there, and it can be very victimizing uh, and very confusing. And you get the "it," and now suddenly you're in this victimized position. Not saying this in any type of absolute. Not a doctor, you know, but but it feels to me like that 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 alienation away from you know what's what is this actually rooted in you know what are the sources in this I and mean, where could i potentially be responsible or start to engage in in responsibility you know like volunteer myself into responsibility and curiosity and and digging in and when something is out there and it's this nebulous scary defined thing uh you know like the term explain means to to flatten out you know like you make a plane by explaining and so when we have some when we have i've, I've heard you speak on certain type of uh diseases uh like like uh, neuropathologies i guess maybe you could say or psychopathologies and things of the sort uh I, i'd be curious your perception of like what is depression and what is schizophrenia and what is or what are some of these psychopathologies uh, for lack of better words, uh, and how do we tend to them? How do we get to the root of them? Is it something that we're just kind of defenseless from? If it happens, it happens. What is that?
1: Excellent questions. You always, I always love my conversations with you because I can go and explore all these things from a deep perspective. So great question. As a psycho-neurobiologist and a ther- someone who's practiced therapy, who's does research, a mother, and a person in a human that's alive and I've been in the field for a long time, the way that we've approached mental health and words like clinical depression, schizophrenia, psychosis.
0: Bipolar.
1: Bipolar. These words, the way that we've come to understand them in our society has created massive problems. So we see, we see the results of looking at things in, in this very pathological way. We see that people are, for example, dying 8 to 25 years younger than they should from preventable lifestyle issues because of the strong association being being chronic, unmanaged, and I stress the word unmanaged stress, toxic stress and physical illness and that playing back into our mental health. So what are those things? The way I understand from my work and the colleagues that I work with in the science and uh, the scientific approach and spiritual approach that I come at it from and I believe that the science is very supportive in this in this kind of approach that I'm going to talk about now. It's also very instinctive. Things like schizophrenia are descriptive words. They're not diseases. They're descriptive words for a person who's experienced something that is really terrible and it's broken. It's such a distorted experience that it disturbed and broken the mind.
0: It's like fragmented.
1: Fragmented the mind. And because the mind works through the brain and the body and the mind it's an experience, and we can maybe dive into it as well as you're going on, but the mind is what we're experiencing life with. Without mind, you're dead. The mind takes the experience and puts it into the mind, brain, and body. And if it's distorted, it creates this fragmented brokenness, which then becomes fragmented brokenness inside the physical brain, which activates the immune system and all the systems of the body because that brokenness is also reflected inside of the body. And then the person shows up broken. And the more unmanaged, the more maybe the, the source issue, the abuse or whatever is continued, the, the worse those symptoms will be. So symptoms signals. Let's get away from the word symptoms, which is very medical. So I don't see schizophrenia as a lifelong disease. Um, um, I don't see it as that at all. I see that as um, a part of a description of what a human has gone through, how they're showing up. It's a a, so when a person shows up, they show up with emotions, with how their body's functioning, behaviors, and their perspective. And someone who's showing up with so-called schizophrenia, we could put the schizophrenia as a collective word for things like um, hallucinations and delusions and living in you know living in extreme states. That's we can categorize that into all those four categories. Their perspective is shifted, their body's not functioning like a chip because they generally will find or find physical issues. their, their behaviors are not what we expect. You know, that the so called normal society expects and their their emotions are all over the place. And that combination, you can break each of that down to a little more detail, but it's it's created a very disruptive pattern. But that is the body second neurobiological network trying to process this experience and trying to help the person to actually, we help ourselves to actually um, pay attention to the signals. So instead of trying to say schizophrenia is a disease that you need to control with medication and it's lifelong and it's genetic, which none of that is actually scientific at all. It's been disproved or never was really proven. So, and and I'm not saying schizophrenia doesn't exist I'm, I'm saying it exists as a description of a set of behaviors with emotions and perspectives and it's very real and it's very big and it's very disruptive but I'm not invalidating and sticking it into a label in the box I'm saying that that's a human who has gone through extreme experiences very often we'll see patterns in family because there's the nurturing aspect of what we go through and experience which is activating these networks and things pass through the DNA epigenetics and that kind of thing but it's not it's not that if your parent has it, you're going to have it. It's a disease that's passed through, like, you know, like various, various diseases can pass through. We might, we should shift away from calling schizophrenia a disease and see it as a set of symptoms of someone who's, who's broken. So therefore, schizophrenia, bipolar, bipolar, another one. It's a description of how those, how you're showing up. Um, ADHD, a description of how you're showing up. And if you start pulling it apart, we can say, okay, that's not who you are. You're showing up like that because of. So we need to look at the person validation, we need to give um, acknowledgement of the hugeness of what that person is and has, and maybe still going through, versus just, oh, those symptoms, schizophrenia, label, diagnosis, medicate, and that's it for the rest of your life.
0: I could potentially see one plane where having a defined uh, explanation for some type of condition could provide some type of relief for a person as well and potentially potentially temporarily reduce the anxiety and the stress of confusion and so even though it's not the absolute answer it's an answer and i could potentially see there being value in providing definition for a person For just for some type of compass just to begin because they were so fragmented and so disorganized and disoriented just to provide something to okay i'm going to start moving in a direction so to not completely uh disregard like the entirety of of that that approach of of medicine i feel like that like there there is value there and i think the invitation would be to to go even deeper is that
1: and so, yeah, so yes, so yes, I agree with you to a certain extent, and I'm not saying take it away. I'm actually giving yeah. it more validation and more honor. So if you just say to someone, "Oh, you have schizophrenia," this is why there's temporary relief.
0: Yeah, you're you're whacking you're whacking symptoms. Let's suppress a symptom. Suppress a symptom.
1: It's like a, it's we often explain it's like an empty gift. So you get a gift, you think, phew, that explains things, and then right. you open. Now what? And yeah. so that's the the shallowness and the. There. it doesn't allow it doesn't honor the hugeness of what that person is going through so I'm not saying throw the word out I'm just saying look at it rather as a description instead of saying I have schizophrenia or a family member has that they are that's who they are take, take that identity away and say that this family member or myself would ever have had this diagnosis but it's actually not a diagnosis it's a description of how I am at the moment and it goes it's just words it's a description so instead of a label it's a description and it's a description that and that encourages curiosity and let's find out why because it's not who you are, it's how you are showing up in the current moment. So those voices that you're hearing serving a purpose to cope as a coping mechanism. So it's to understand what or the, the, the psychotic breaks or the extreme depression. We have to honor that and understand that that's not who you are, but it's telling us something. So I'm not saying throw the words out, I'm saying give them more attention, shift the perspective.
0: Yeah. Well, it's like in the Bible, it's like first was the word, you know, and the, like the word kind of contains the mind in a way, you know, it could be actual outward verbal communication or, or it could be like your internal self-talk or your prayers or whatever it may be. But I think that that's a, that's a really powerful differentiation. The difference to between I have these symptoms versus change symptoms to these signals. Yeah. Or, it's, or I think signal is nice because signal is like, yeah. oh, you mean there's a conversation? Yeah. yeah your, your body's signaling to you. And your environment signaling to you as well, because your body is a continuation of your environment.
1: Exactly, and then the people in your environment, because you can't divorce that, are also signaling to you. So, and you can put those signals into four categories. So we can be very organized in how we can learn to manage that. And obviously, someone who's got that description of schizophrenia in their life and is experiencing those kinds of things, they there's a there's a depending on how severe. The situation and how severe that they're trying to cope, because it really is coping, they will need extra support and have to um, be helped to process and go through, versus someone who's maybe just, um, and you know, not, the, the situations are not quite as extreme, so that's an extreme state, when we get that kind of reaction, it's an extreme okay. set of signals, that's saying, yeah. hey, let's help that person, so the level of help that we give a person may be different with someone with that kind of description, versus someone who's Still, they you know still just you know, but over very overwhelmed with stress. Both mm-hmm. need attention, but it's maybe a different level of attention and support that is required. Yeah, and
0: then, then yeah, totally. And then the other the other one I think would be that you that you mentioned this what I highlight is instead of I have, yeah, uh, my body is expressing.
1: Yeah, and my mind is expressing, and my, and my, is expressing. And my brain is expressing, and the brain and body can do nothing without the mind because if you don't have your mind, your brain and body just disintegrate. So it's yeah. that network. Which and then in order, Aaron, I love you that you said that because in order for us to say my mind is or this signal is or I'm showing up because of, there's an implication there of something, almost over and above your your current existence that may be disrupting your life. So this show and this is some of the research that I've done and been involved in is we can stand back and observe ourselves, which is a very common meditative type activity or mindfulness type activity, and um, so it, it shows that it's for years for this is not something new, this is thousands of years, philosophers and and scientists and people in spiritual dealing with spiritual things have spoken about how we can observe and maybe not those exact words, but we can look at our we can dive deep and look at our behavior. So what if we can actually train ourselves to stand back and see, okay, I'm showing up like this almost as though you're watching yourself through an iPhone and you're taking a video of yourself. This ability to observe how you are functioning in that moment activates, has a tremendous um, great effect in activating the brain. I'm looking at the sea at the moment, and just the concept we've got a big storm coming in and I can see waves building. And that's kind of like what we are picking up when we use things like QEG. We're picking up the electrical response, electromagnetic and electrical response in the brain. And when we stand back and observe ourselves in a state, we go into almost two different minds. The wise mind and observes the messy mind and the messy brain and the messy body. And and when we train ourselves to get into that state, then we can actually manage what we see. We can analyze that impact. We can start getting the support and the help, et cetera, et cetera. Now I do agree that someone who's in the depths of having the behaviors of schizophrenia in in their life or someone who's who's experiencing the the emotions of deep depression and so on, and notice the languaging that I'm using, I don't deny that it's incredibly hard being in that point to do this alone. And that's where the therapeutic alliance and the support from loved ones, and that kind of thing comes through. But when we look at and track history, the success over time of helping people with struggles, the most successful approach is not the approach that's going to make the most money, it's the approach that's the most humane, and that approach is loving, kindness, supporting, and helping someone while they process through those experiences. That takes yeah. time, it takes yeah. money, it takes people. and It doesn't kind of fit nicely and neatly into the current biomedical model.
0: It feels like money and resources create the... I've heard this from... I mean, it just makes sense, but I heard... I was listening to the Bessel van der Kolk, Body Keeps Score guy. Body uh, Keeps this Interview recently, that was one of the things that he was mentioning is like how, the value of, of having resources to be able to create the insulation in the space, to be able to start to rewire and retool and you know excavate some of these deeper parts within ourselves. Because if you're living life kind of at the bone level and you don't really have that spaciousness, then you're in scarcity and survival. You're just going to keep on re perpetuating whatever pattern that hasn't killed you yet. So I think that that's where having like, you know, it's not like, oh, like money, you know, if you're paying for something, it's like, well, money is really important, but I think money and resources are really important just to create that ease and the spaciousness and the resources. And then I think it comes. So that's the quantifiable aspect. It's like creates the structure for the house, but then there's the spirit within the house. And then it gets into like the invisible parts, and it's like, well, it's probably going to be deep, introspective work facilitated by the container that was, you know, came about from having the resources to create the container in the first place. But it's again two sides of the same coin; both are equally valuable.
1: And well, absolutely, and that's where the community aspect comes in in such a huge way. Why we need meaningful connection. Why we need community, etc. And the other side of the coin is the is the fact that um, the, the whole impact is. As you said, Bessie, I can always say his name wrong.
0: I don't think anybody knows how to say it.
1: <laughs> um, that work really revolutionized understanding <laughs> that we've got to stop separating the physical from, and it, it, it's usually like a neurobiological network. It's like in any one moment of this conversation now, so this is some work that I've been doing all these years as well, is that you have a conversation. This is an experience. This is, if you get down to the physics level, this experience is building into the brain as networks and made of proteins and chemicals, but it's also building into every single cell of your body as a change in the cytoskeleton. So when we talk about the body keeps the score, what's embodied, it really is. It looks different to the brain. The brain builds it as like a tree-like structure because of neuroplasticity. The mind is like more like a sort of wave, like the waves of the sea, but in the body it's, it's, it looks like a vibration inside a protein inside the cytoskeleton of the cell. So we can get quite technical but it's really is embodied. Every experience doesn't just go in one little tiny piece of your brain, it goes in through the entire body. And it's yeah. also network, and that network is, is consuming the entire body. So when we go through that state of healing, we have to address all those aspects, which is really important. And that's where, that, you know, being kind to yourself is a really great place to start because it's very yeah. hard.
0: I'll take a moment and share one of the only supplements that I brought with me on my last trip. I was away for a month and I brought a month supply of AG1, it's something that I took Every single morning, I've been taking it every morning for the last couple of years, something that I heard about originally through Andrew Huberman and gave it a try, and I really dig it. The reason I like it is it is an all-in-one stop to get your vitamins, minerals, and also probiotics in the morning. So if you are lugging around a bunch of supplements like I have historically, this is a great way to lighten your load. It also tastes delicious. One of the things that I do is I put it in a blender with some ice, I blend it up, and it just tastes incredible. Sometimes I'll add a little electrolytes in there as well, and I feel great. My mind feels sharp afterwards, and it is an amazing asset to bring with you traveling. So if you want to take ownership of your health, it starts with AG1. Try AG1 and also get a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. All you gotta do is go to drinkag1.com slash align. That's drinkag1.com slash align. Hope you guys enjoy to take a moment and share a free resource with y'all to sort out your movement that is starting the first free week of the align method online program where you get a thorough movement assessment to establish what is your personal movement baseline and then on top of that we share fundamental mobility techniques that will make a massive difference in your own personal practice if you do any type of stretching or yoga or foam rolling or resistance band training or training in general you want to get the most out of your body these are must know mobility techniques and then it finishes with a sit rise challenge so you can test yourself and see how effectively you get up and down off of the ground that is the first week of the align method online program it's a six-week program you can start the first week at alignpodcast.com am a m m and with that you will also join the free align community where there's over 3000 other members in there so i pop in there each day totally free the first week is totally free and then if you don't love the idea of continue on with the 6 week program then you can cancel anytime so check us out over at alignpodcast.com/amp That's like the, 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 I think it's, it's easy to look like there's the, the Japanese concept of kintsugi that I'm sure you're familiar with. Uh,
1: Yeah. I do. I talk about it a lot.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's broken pot, break the pot, Mm -hmm. and then you put the pot back together and use this like golden plaster stuff. So it actually expresses the cracks and the cracks are like a part of the gift and the art. I think that within, culture you can see someone maybe like the homelessness epidemic if you call it that this would be an example of that there's a lot of people that they if they had a broken leg you'd very easily be able to see oh wow, bro your femur is at 90 degrees like you really need like you're fractured and where we in our quantitative world that we live in we totally get that our objective reductionist world like wow, broken leg we got to sort that out but once we enter kind of the invisible and it gets more into like the expression of how the person shows up in their mind and their heart and their relationships and their connections it's like well could that person actually be fractured in within the mind you know, and so I, I wonder from your perception how this is kind of too big of a question but if a, I wonder how you'd approach it how would a person who you know has a a broken or fraction fractured mind uh, what would be the beginning steps to start to kintsugi themselves back into uh, holism?
1: So first, I'm so glad that you know about the consugi principle. I actually put in my newest book that um, I know we're going to mention at some point but how to help yep. a child clean up their mental mess. I've got a whole consugi exercise that you can do with your kids oh, cool. in my Neurocycle app. There's a whole day I've dedicated over the 63 days, etc. So I love that principle, and when if we look at just where do we start we start at the beginning which is brain preparation we then have to go beyond brain preparation and do the work so i liken the steps to flying a plane so if you think about the preparation that has to be done and the reason i'm talking about this because my husband's getting his pirate pilot's license and he just flew past our, our balcony this morning but he was talking about all the levels of whatever so it's very fresh in my mind but it's a great example where do we start we when we um have as a human, we have experiences on a scale of one to 10. At any one time, in time frame, like right now in your life, right now in my life, we'll have a variety of, um, on the scale of one to zero, one, two, three, being like just minor irritations, with eight, nine, and 10 being the big stuff. Now, hopefully, we have, don't have too much of the big stuff, but we all have some level of messiness in our life. And more or less every two to five years, something big will happen in our lives that can affect our functioning. But there's some people that live in that 819 zone where they've had continual abuse or they live in a war torn country or they're being abused in a relationship by the long period, et cetera. And then in the middle, things sort of, we have a kind of, most people have a lot of the one, twos and threes, which is kind of the normal daily struggles. And then we have a little bit more of the ones in the middle. And then we have the least of the ones at the edge in terms of if you just take the general population. So we are all somewhere in that scale, a combination. So we're working on little things. We're working on things that come up and throw us off. We're working on the sort of stuff that's not so, you know, that's problematic and could become really a big issue. And then we've got patterns, established patterns that are coming from various traumas and so on from whatever age or stage of our life. And so to start is to recognize, to train ourselves to stand back and observe ourselves. So a big part of the work that I've done is helping people to do that. And in order to do that, this is where brain preparation is very useful. Brain preparation, you did some of that at the beginning of this podcast, which was really great. You obviously interviewed Wim Hof as well with all the Wim Hof breathing and, and you know the breathing you did was fantastic. I do this a lot of this stuff and, it's, and thank you for doing that. But that's an example of brain preparation because our neurophysiology would have calmed down. We got in alignment, we did preparation, with, et cetera. So brain preparation incorporates something like we did, It incorporates something like maybe going on for longer, meditation, mindfulness. There's a host of brilliant people out there that are teaching these concepts. I've also put them in my books, in my app. I've got given given ones for kids. That's my point being is that we need to do that stuff. It prepares our brain. And by that, I mean it calms down our neurophysiology, gets our brain, mind, brain, the mind brain body network connected and I just keep using the word in alignment because I associate you with that word, um, Psychoneurobiology prepared for the work of concentrating. So the equivalent of flying would be that the engineer's got to go through everything with you. You've got to checklist with the co-pilot. There's a lot of stuff, that the tower, the airport. You don't just get in a plane and like your car and just drive off. There's a tremendous amount of preparation that goes into that. And then you're ready for takeoff. And then you take off and then you fly and then you land. And the flying is over a period of time. And then you learn. And then, you know, the next, and so it's in these cycles. So helping ourselves works in cycles. So what I've done over the past 38 years in the research I've done and the, and the systems I've developed is I developed a basic theory, which I then applied into a system that incorporates all these elements that we're talking about that will help you prepare your brain, help your brain, you know, t- your mind, brain, body network take off, fly and land. If we just meditate or just breathe and don't do anything else afterwards, or just do mindfulness, what the research is showing as well as experience from people that just talk about this, which is very important to listen to, to people, is that you'll get worse because stuff comes up. If you don't know what to do with what's come up, the plane will crash. If a pilot only knows how to take off but doesn't know how to fly and then the plane, the plane will crash. Mm-hmm. Simple analogy. So we have to prepare the brain. If you just start flying without preparing, there's going to be problems. So to get that concept in your mind of prepare your brain and then take off, fly, and land. So the taking off, flying, and landing—that's a lot of the work that I'm, I have done over these years, looking at how do you do that. What is the cycle that our brain, mind, body connection, or mind, brain, body connection is going through on an unconscious level? We're not even aware of it. Like we are speaking at a certain speed. We pay certain. Our conscious levels limited in how much it can handle in any one moment, but non-consciously. It works at the speed of 10 to the 27, which is faster than 400 billion actions per second. I know you interviewed Bruce, Bruce Lipton, and he explains this beautifully, but on, he talks, he just used different terminology, but it's very it's similar work. The non-conscious, N-O-N, is the terminology that is describes this massive, incredible, fast mind of ours that is taking in 90 to 95% of our environment without us being consciously away. And that's happening, it never goes to sleep, it's very dynamic, it, it's growth oriented, so it isn't stuck in fixed programs. A program will be set up, or even take the word program out, a network is built based on an experience. And if you don't, if that network's good, fantastic, but if it's not good, like a bad experience, or a trauma or something, that network just keeps getting bigger. It doesn't stay fixed and just go in a loop, it actually grows every time you, you activate it by something in your environment, and you draw on that, you make it stronger. And it becomes more and more dominant. So it's very dynamic in alive. Now the non-conscious mind is searching out all of these different things that are disruptive. And the things that are good, it sends signals through the subconscious, which is a bridge. You talk about bridges, spoke about bridges earlier on. So whatever's um this whatever's good for us that's going to enhance our resilience, help us cope more, make us better people, bring us a more of a sense of peace, increase love in our life, kindness in our life. That your non-conscious mind is constantly looking for and it sends through the subconscious into your conscious mind. So when you get those flashes of, oh, great conversation or beautiful sunset or lovely whatever, we shouldn't gloss over those. Those are signals from our non-conscious to pay attention, spend a bit of time on them and then grow the resilience inside of you. On the other side of the coin, the the non-conscious mind is also looking for anything that's disrupting on that scale of one to ten. And it will send through signals into our conscious mind to grab our attention. So signals grab our attention. That's why I keep using that word. And when you pay attention, you're going to get information. So having laid that foundation, we've got to prepare the brain, which is the easy stuff—the meditation, everything's So important. Then we've got to learn how to take off the plane and so on. So um, this is the first, uh, the first thing in the. How, what is the mind equivalent of taking off the plane? I call that gather awareness. So when you gather awareness, you're taking off. It's very focused. It's not just awareness. Awareness we've created in the brain prep. Like just doing that breathing exercise has created a level of awareness for us to come into the space. So, But that's general awareness. Now we talk, as we started speaking, we became much more focused on a certain direction that you take specifically or taking this conversation in. So that's kind of the taking off, the mind equivalent in terms of helping myself deal with stuff. Would be called gather awareness. So step one after brain preparation, taking off, is called gather awareness. And that's being very specifically gathering aware being very specific about gathering awareness of the four major signals of how I'm showing up. So it's standing back, looking at myself and saying, okay, what are my emotions in this moment? Make a little sentence. I am feeling frustrated. What am I, why I'm feeling excited or whatever. If you want to put more than one emotion. Great, whatever. Where am I feeling this in my body? So maybe um, depression, um, gut ache, whatever, um, or tension in the shoulders, whatever it is. Yeah. What? How's that influencing how I'm behaving? Behaving. In other words, what, how, what am I saying, what am I doing, how am I saying, how am I doing it? So maybe withdrawing, um, don't want to talk to anyone, angry when you do talk, or something like that. And then the fourth one is what is my outlook, what's my perspective, my attitude towards life in this moment, life sucks. So I'm depressed, my, I've got terrible gut ache, cardiovascular issues, whatever, Um, very withdrawn, snappy when talking to people, life sucks. Simple an evaluation of how you are in the moment. Then you go to the next level. So now we've taken off, we've gathered awareness. We didn't just become aware, we've
0: gathered. It seems like the identification creates a little bit of separation as opposed to I am anxiety. It's like there is anxiety. Ah,
1: Very okay. good. You picked up correct Exactly. Thank you for, for pointing that out. Oh, that's exactly the point. Yeah. It's so important that I'm not depression. I am experiencing depression mm. in this moment. Here is depression. Okay. Exactly.
0: The and end then end it's, end. it's navigating disassociation and non-attachment, which can become like another
1: Yeah, another whole, whole conversation. Yes. So yes, exactly, <laughs> exactly. exactly. And on a neuroscience level, what you've just done is you've pulled the network into the, you've changed the, like you've shown a spotlight on the network in your brain, kind of mm-hmm. like you know, right. Shining a spotlight. So now that weakens the proteins that actually are holding the vibration, which are holding the information, which are the memories, clustered together into a thought. And I know that's a mouthful, but you literally are taking a tree and shaking it and that and loosening all the branches by this gather awareness, by this taking off. Then to go on your other point that you may just uh, mentioned just now, like instead of saying I am, you're saying you're just you know describing versus which is what you do, the gather awareness, you then start saying why am I like this? So the next step is a focused reflection. You know, when you shine a light through a prism, it's a white light. If you shine a white light through a prism, it comes up the depth of the rainbow. And so we want to start, okay, why am I feeling this emotion? Are there any other emotions? What else in my body? Start building the story around that. But because you're going so step by step, you are driving the neuroplasticity of the brain in the direction you are wanting it to go. So within the gather awareness, I can use lots of little techniques and statements to myself within the reflex i can use them as well so i'm not giving you a new therapy technique i'm not giving you a new magic little bullet not at all this is hard work it takes time and we can talk about the time in a moment but this is a system that drives enables you to tune into the wisdom of your non-conscious and hear the signals that your non-conscious mind and brain and body are sending you and training yourself like building a skill to manage your mind. So it's basically mind management because all of us are a mess. It's okay to be a mess. That's why I talk about cleaning up the mental mess as the name of my podcast and my last two books have had that in the title because it's okay to be a mess. We, As humans, we are messy. Sometimes we get more messy than other times, but we're able, the hope is, is that we can stand back and observe ourselves in this mess with this brain preparation, with this care of awareness, with the next step, which is to reflect. What is it? Why am I doing this? A little bit of the who, what, when, why. And that starts giving you unpacking those four signals with more depth then you then you You do do this for all certain amount of time you don't do this endlessly You don't spend days on one thing it's very structured because you want to create these patterns of change in the brain you want to drive the energy that builds the proteins, that drives the chemical responses and the neurochemical it's a whole biochemical thing that's going on there in our networks and changes in our body so it's a step-by-step your brain your mind and body network is very organized, that's where these five steps are very organized. If you skip a step or, or something, you're not going to get quite the same benefit. That's where we get awareness, but we don't get gross. We don't, we get stuck. So that's, so you don't stay too long in each step. Um, so if you spend like, you know, if, if you're working on this, on a pattern in your life daily, like if a pattern is something that's an established existing, something's traumatic and something was big a pattern means that you're doing it in different over and over again in different circumstances um, whatever it may be uh, maybe it was being triggered
0: it feels like there's like an oscillation of the creating a little separation and the non-attachment almost is like a feminine approach of like let's just listen and then there's the masculine that comes in it's like now what the hell do we do with this and whereas if you just gets if you just get stuck in the in the in the lesson and you're just holding this stuff uh, I mean that, that's the way that I interpret it like like having coming through and, and questioning and opening up and, and actually going deeper into it once, once there's a little bit of distance seems to be supportive.
1: I love what you're trying to say but I would challenge the male-female because of it being so restrictive because the males and yeah. females we all need to do this so we don't want to try and I think it's better to just sort of uh, the concept of standing back and observing is a human experience
0: well i don't mean male female i don't mean penis vagina i mean i mean like both men and women express masculine and and feminine characteristics but it's subjective so my subjective experience of feminine would be like a holding and a listening and the masculine is like the head of the spear okay now let's go but that's you know.
1: No, that's your understanding. No, I get, I get it. And that's great. It's great that we actually create analogies for ourselves. So there's nothing that one can say that's you know that's not wrong. It's 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 the way that you understand it. So that's great. But it's it, it's exactly the point is you want to you want to create this um, ability to stand back and observe because it pushes in oxygen to the front of the brain. It, it increases blood flow. It increases our ability. It balances our what we call our beta and gamma waves. So it's going to drive neuroplasticity. In other words, all the fancy stuff is what I'm saying is that you're actually going to make a change. It's not just going to be a wish list or an awareness. It's actually going to be a change. You're driving a change in in your patterns of behavior. And then you write down. The third step would be, so gathered awareness, reflect. Third step is to write things down. And here the writing's not, I'm not talking about journaling. I'm talking about just literally mind dumping, whatever pops up, even if it seems completely unrelated, if you're writing all over the page. So you'll still talk about that in, in, the, in the book. And I explain how to do that. in there's videos and all kinds of things to help people do this. Then the next thing is all this is just dumped in, it's a big mess. But this is great because it's actually started taking. If you think of a thought, which is an experience, it looks like a tree. Tree has branches, a trunk, and roots. So think of gather awareness as you know you've pulling, you've you've got these four signals that's pulled the tree into your conscious mind. It's made the branches weak. Now you can kind of dive down and look at the branches, which is how am I showing up? What am I saying to myself? You can start going down to the roots and start taking the sand of the roots to see what why am I doing this? What's the because of? So that's kind of what you're doing with this planned and guided process that's called the neurocycle. So it's brain prep, gather awareness, reflect, write. And the third step is to recheck, which is looking at what you've written and making sense, triggers, this happened, what can I do about it, that kind of thing. And then you close the cycle. Very important that we close the cycle or it's going to be open-ended and we're going to get stuck going around and around the mountain or get stuck in rumination or just get dragged down or spend too long or get exhausted and overwhelmed is you end that work for the day. So been five to 15, maximum 45 minutes doing this every day to work on a pattern. But you end with an active reach and an active reach is just a little action that is what did I get out of today? What can I learn today? What can I take today to help me get through the rest of today? And it could be as simple as a positive affirmation, a statement to yourself that it's okay to be a mess. I'll get through this all. That's not who I am. I'm showing up like this because of and I'm searching for the because of. So it's com- some kind of statement that you can write down in my app, you can actually put it in the phone and program it as it pops up. And as you pay t- conscious attention, and just say it back to yourself, it doesn't take long. You are building, you're driving that network change, driving a physiological change, which is so important. Mm-hmm. And so you'd go through it. In terms of timing, and, and Aaron, what you do is you would, if if there's a, if the, in the moment, remember the scale I spoke of one to 10? Yeah. If there's an in the moment thing, like someone's upset you or something happens at work or you get an email and you've got to like deal with something in the moment, you can run through those five steps in under 10 seconds, 30 seconds, you can just quickly, okay, what am I, what are the gather awareness, you can work through it really fast, you may not have time to write, so you can just visualize as though you are watching and moving and your brain does all this genetic stuff when you're doing that, it's still going to help you get your mind managed in the moment, so you can teach this to a child as young as two to help manage in the moment stuff, where you spend longer like 15 to 45 minutes, that would be for patterns that are existing in your life. Like are there certain patterns that are disruptive to relationships and if maybe you just can't form a relationship and it keeps you going to them and then they break down, or there's this constant getting worked up about traffic, or I mean it's a stupid one, but whatever is you know, whatever patterns are where you feel someone says something to you maybe you find yourself moving into people pleasing and you hate yourself for doing that because you compromise all your values and but it's a pattern. So wherever you see a pattern that is not going to get fixed in one day. We all know that, but somehow we still want that, but it doesn't work like that. It, it takes long. So I've spent many years now working on the timeframes and a lot, uh, uh, there's not that much work done in this area, which is quite interesting because everyone's fascinated by habits and how long it takes and so on. But essentially what myself and my team of scientists plus other scientists around the world is we've found that to change something is going to take a minimum of around about 60 to 66 days. And that's... Potentially just the, the beginning. If it, the, the bigger it is, the more cycles of 66, 60 to 66 days or 63 days it will take. So, this breaking down process, the neuro cycle, these five steps, gather brain prep, gather awareness, reflect, write, recheck, and active reach, you do daily as a planned and guided process. And over time, little bit by little, you're not going to solve it on the mm-hmm. first day nor the second, but over time, the, you, you're going to start changing what that network looks like. Because you can't change what's happened to you. You can't change the stories of your life, but you can change what they look like in your psychoneurobiological network and therefore how they show up in your life. So you can change. So we use the signals to change the signals if that makes sense, but that takes, you know, that's going to take time. So that's a big picture view of um, the system. And as I said, within that, you can put all the great advice that's out there and great systems and techniques and things out there, but putting it in this order you actually guarantee a structural change in the mind, brain, body network that will change therefore change how it shows up in your life. Hmm.
0: That's so cool. I, I thank you so much for outlining that. I think that's like such an okay. amazing exercise for people. And then people can get you you have what is the app called? I imagine people can go through
1: Neurocycle. That so the, the system is called the neurocycle, neuro for brain and cycle like a bike. And yeah. you basically neurocycling through your brain like a neurocyclist, whatever analogies you want. So the app's called NeuroCycle, and that's available on iTunes and Google Play. And then for cool. kids, Erin, what we've done is, we've you can teach, my youngest patients were two and three. And as I was telling you before, I've got four adult children that have grown up with us. And I've worked with thousands of kids and my teams and so on. So the book, the latest book is to help parents help their children clean up their mental mess. And, know we haven't even touched on the mental health classes in children whatever but we need to empower parents to teach this to kids
0: I want to take a moment and share something that I think is a really clever way to integrate the benefits of a sauna practice into the comfort of your home in the form of a blanket, something that is very affordable and something that is very convenient and adaptable. You can put it anywhere. You could travel with it. It is the sauna blanket from Bond Charge. It is infused with near and far infrared light. So you're getting the benefits that you would get from sitting in a $5,000 infrared sauna in the excess, of a blanket that you just store at your home. So this is great for burning calories, it's great for cardiovascular function, it's great for mitochondrial health and overall uh, tissue regeneration. Uh, The sauna blanket is something that I think it's a no-brainer if you're a person that wants to integrate a sauna practice into your life but you don't have the space or perhaps the finances to incorporate a full-blown sauna at your home or your apartment. So if you are interested in trying this thing out they have a 30-day money-back guarantee so if you don't love it you'll get your money back. Uh, It ships worldwide in pretty rapid time which is really cool and you guys can get yourself a 15% discount by going to boncharge.com align that's b-o-n-c-h-a-r-g-e.com slash align and then use align15 promo code checkout for 15% off this thing is sexy it's really fun to use and uh, you can store it anywhere in your home and i think you guys are going to really dig it so go to boncharge.com slash align use promo code align15 for 15% off So we just talked about, okay, here we are in the adult orientation, you know, we have all of these potential big T traumas, maybe lowercase traumas, lowercase T traumas, or just different little bends and twists or fractures or repairs or whatever. Here we are as an adult. Um, What if we have access to a non-adult, you know, that maybe hasn't been exposed to some of those traumas and those bends and twists and, you know, warps within the the mind um, does is a similar principles apply
1: yeah Aaron it's amazing you can teach a child of two as I mentioned already how to do this so a child is more in, uh, children are way more insightful than what we take them what we'd actually be, believe for many years children are very insightful the research is showing that they
0: are they becoming more insightful this is something I hear and I don't know
1: I think we are allowing children to express themselves more, and I think that when you, that there was this great—I don't know if you saw there was this great TikTok on Good Morning America actually put it up on on one of the morning shows. I think it was of this four-year-old talking to his mother about how he, mommy, I felt very sad and my tummy was sore and like he literally went through these, these signals because she told me I couldn't watch TV anymore and I had to go to bed and I mean, this four-year-old is analyzing this whole thing and they had this whole discussion. Kids are phenomenal. I saw this area when I was working with patients and I do a lot of family therapy that if your kids learn the system quicker than adults, they understand the brain. They love the brain. They understand mind. When you're giving these analogies, and, and in this book, what I've done is make, um, I've created a superhero called Brainy. So there's a cartoon throughout, and he's super cute, and he's throughout the book, and he or he, she, whatever you want to call it, they, then whatever you want to call this Brainy, um, takes you through the mental health journey. So a child who doesn't have the language, but they know something's wrong, they can, they've got a point of contact. This book is for parents, but the parent can show the child. When they're helping the parent to learn the system, they can show the child the, the drawings and so on. So the best so the best way to help a child to manage the warps and things of life, like you, you spoke about, the struggles of life, is for you to do it yourself. And because kids not only are they insightful, but they, they read body language better than an yeah. adult and they Returning. understand exactly. And they are so tuned into authenticity. So when you are angry and you try and hide that from a child or you're upset, you try they immediately they know something's wrong. They'll think that's something they've done. So, what's much better if you want to help a child with their mental health and empower? Like you can hear my whole languaging around the adult and the child is empowerment. Of, in, empower yourself to manage your mind. Find where you need extra support, but you've got to live with yourself twenty-four-seven. And so does your child. You don't live with your therapist; you live with yourself. So, when you wake up at three in the morning with a panic attack, what can you do? You can you can you can learn to neurocycle to get. And so that's the principle operating here: is we've got to get mind management to our adults and our children so if you are having a bad day as a parent and you come and you'd say to the children you sit down on the chair i always recommend designate an area in your house to manage your mind like we go to the gym or you have an area in your house where you have your workout stuff like you do and and you've got an area in your house that's the kitchen that's not the bathroom you get this, this concept of designated spaces for various things is a great way to train this mind stuff with yeah, children angry. and to just dis- exactly create yeah. to discipline ourselves as adults as well to not just go through life chaotically because whether you do this or not, your brain's still changing. Your brain never stops changing. Your brain's neuroplastic. Your mind's changing all the time. So, my my thesis or argument is you may think I don't have time to do all of this, but your, my argument to that is well, your, mind's, your, your mind and brain are changing. So, if you don't manage it, you'll be getting more messy. Messy mind, messy brain, messy life, messy body, messy life. So therefore, if you can train yourself and your family, it doesn't take that long. Within sixty-three days, this will be a system that's automatic. It'll be a lifestyle. It, and I've got enough evidence for thirty-eight years in research studies and practice. And I mean, I've got published scientific papers showing that you, within these cycles of sixty-three days, you can train these, not only heal yourself of all these um, things, and and when I say heal ourselves, you can't change your story, but you can change what it plays out inside of you. Yeah. You can teach yourself and your kids. You can build skills. So if you're having a bad day, you come home, you sit in that designated space, you may even pick up Brainy, if you have Brainy, maybe even pick up the book, which is your signal to the children, and you say, hey, listen, I'm so sorry. i got so mad emotions. My tummy is like so, my shoulders are so tense, Or whatever, my heart beating so fast. I had, um, I, I shouted and said nasty things that I don't mean, and I know they hurt you, and today life sucks. I've given kids, and they, put hey, you've got the attention. Oh, wow, this adult in my life, this, Parent, caregiver, whatever, also battles. And that's, and it's giving me permission to process. Oh, I'm learning something.
0: Yeah. I feel, I feel safe.
1: I feel safe. I feel it's okay. And this is part of being a human.
0: Yeah. What are you not hiding? You're not hiding anything from me. Why is mommy always hiding something from me? Is there, why doesn't mommy trust me? Yeah. Like that's, there's like the the deeper, like authenticity is always what's being communicated, whether we want to, whether we care to, to hide or perform or mask or like authenticity is always what is communicated.
1: Totally, Erin, and you spoke about attachments and that kind of thing earlier on, and you know there's a lot out there on inner child work, whatever. You teach us to a child, you're actually you're approaching, you're helping them from young work through the inner child. So many adults in therapy and so many patients of mine, when I was still practicing, so many emails we get of people saying, I didn't know how to express, I wasn't allowed to process my mind. I didn't know how to process what I was going through. So what we're doing is we're giving kids tools to process life. You get bullied at school, Here's a way to talk about this in a safe space. So that's the concept. So you pretty much demonstrate it for the kids. You walk through the five steps. One of the things that I'm angry at is this, was, you know, that's the, the example I gave. You start thinking, oh, I had a, the reason why. Like, I had such a bad day at work. And there's just been so, so many things going on in my life and whatever it is. And then you just go grab a piece of paper or have a piece of paper always available or paint a wall in your kitchen with chalk paint and have chalk there so that you can actually. Which works brilliantly by the way, to have a designated area in your house with a little cute bench and box of toys or a chair. So you go to that safe space. No matter what you say and what you do, you are valued, you are loved, you're kind of yourself. This is where we sort things out. So instead of hiding in your room or throwing a tantrum or clashing more or being reactive, or if you do all of those things, that's okay. Go to that space and you can then start processing with you the adult or the child. And when you pick up a piece of chalk and you start writing a story, a little smiley face on the wall or you draw some pictures or you write some words, whatever the level of, whatever comes out of you, even if your child can't read, it's good for them to see the, the word association that teaches them to read. I mean, there's, the benefits are multiple. And I give lots of easy tips and techniques in the book for how to do this with different age groups and so on. But the kids will get involved. And this is Aaron Weber, so exciting in, in therapy to see when a parent starts this, they think, oh, the child's not going to You know, understand they do, and they'll collaborate with you. You will have a deep, meaningful connection. So, when the kids will come and draw with you or make suggestions, when you get to step four, the recheck, the kids will say, Hey, mom, maybe you're working too hard. Hey, mommy, I can pick up my toys more. They will start collaborating and help you solve the problem. And children have got so much wisdom. Something that that little five year old will say will totally open your mind and eyes to a solution that may not be big words or fancy words, but it's just a perspective that maybe you missed in the midst of your adult's mind and can't, you have know, b- overwhelming responsibilities and that kind of thing. You've bonded, you've done the meaningful connection. Your action could be then go and cook the meal together. I mean, it, the, I think you see that the, the, it's so simple, but it's so profound. In terms of giving people skills to manage their mind and giving their children tools to tell their story, does that make sense? Have I have I overwhelmed you with too many words?
0: Zero percent overwhelmed. Yeah, the, the, it's what's what's interesting is you're as you're communicating all that, it's analogous with communicating with an intimate partner or anyone for that matter, but particularly I think with an intimate partner because in intimate relationships, I think that's where a lot of like your primary caregiver relations start to come to the surface and you have the the opportunity to start to address some of those deeply held patterns that may have manifested themselves when you were one or two or ten or fifteen and so within those interpersonal relationships there's the potential to communicate to that person's child which ultimately is what we're doing whether we realize it or not if you're in a vulnerable intimate relationship you're communicating down 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 into the subterranean parts where that you know that, that person's child lives and if you can communicate authentically, uh, and and to be authentic is a process. Like that is a, it's like also a verb, because you know, it's 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 for some people, my you know myself at least, like it is work to excavate the layers to find the trust in in one's authenticity.
1: Absolutely, because you've lived in a world that's called us to put masks on to, and especially with social media creating. And I don't have anything in social media at all, or technology, or AI. I think it's brilliant. It's not, that's not the problem, it's how we're managing it, it's how are we, are we allowing it to take our authenticity away, are we allowing it to control us, how we, you know, that kind of stuff, as opposed to, oh, they mustn't go on their phone, they're going to go on their phone, we're going to look at social media, but it's to recognize, I look at someone's social media, and it's affected my authenticity, I'm feeling, oh, it's affected me, and then being authentic, as a, as a verb, like you say, I can then say, well, what am I feeling? Why am I feeling this? You can run through a neuro cycle. You can get it under control. So instead of it working against you and becoming this knot in your stomach and this thought in your mind that just grows and consumes and you throw the scales off, you actually recognize the scale and you pull it back up and you use it to grow as a person as opposed to being flattened as a person.
0: Yeah, Yeah, I love that. Um, well, last thing I just want to add you don't need to, to respond to this because we can wrap up but the the I like the addition of writing because the writing acts as a form of projection outward so you can you know you become a projector of your exactly. internal script and your internal movie if it's just inside you know you can see it with your internal eye but it's really convenient to actually objectively materialize that those internalized that. experiences and then from there the next step being going through and starting to have the opportunity to reorganize you know and say oh like oh this is here this is here what if i put this here and then coming back again and taking action and kind of reaffirming that feedback loop within yourself that seems to be a really beautiful path towards creating uh Absolutely. shift
1: I, I love that i have to comment that project idea is so beautiful projecting out your life and yeah that's what the writing does do
0: it's like here's the tree in my hand now so first i create a distance yeah, so it's not it. just like i'm like i am the emotion it's like okay let's create some distance let's have a breath. And now it's like, okay, let's actually hold the tree and see what our organization looks like. And now let's reorganize the tree that we're holding, and now let's t- actually bring that back in.
1: Exactly. Those are the principles. And in order to create that change as a long-lasting change, and a change in the psychoneurobiological network, we're even down to things like telomeres, which are the ends of chromosomes, change. We That's what the neurocycle is doing. So you can do whatever you want within that, but that's, that sequence is helping us to then make these long-lasting changes in our if so that makes sense
0: so cool i feel like this is very supportive thank you so much for living your yeah. life and the way that you have to be able to to uh be such a catalyst for uh holism oh
1: healing. thank you thank you i appreciate
0: that and- uh, so the so you have uh, a whole plethora of books but the most recent one is how to help your child clean up their mental mess which yeah, uh which is this one which is what we're what we're getting oh, sorry
1: about. my dogs yeah. came into my room oh, guys I've got, three, I've got two puppies <laughs>
0: that's good do you ever communicate and do you ever go through the the neuro cycle with your dogs or Oh, actually necessary? people
1: keep asking me can I please do a neuro cycle for dogs so that they don't yeah. interrupt us on our podcast or shit that they listen they want to go outside and play so they oh, they like came that. in came to, awesome go. to go outside. That's, <laughs> the, that's
0: that's the that's the universe speaking um, i have a psychic and she says whenever the, her dog barks she's like that's actually an affirmation that's like the I universe I love that dogs like yep okay
1: I love it I love it I'm going to t- I'm going to take that on Aaron <laughs> I love it <laughs>
0: um, alright so so folks if they want to go deeper into your stuff they can go and grab the book how to help your child clean up their mental mess they can also grab the the app Toy. which is what is that what is the
1: NeuroCycle app? the same name as the system NeuroCycle it's available on iTunes and Google Play and cool. also in the web version is also cool. the toy. We even have a colouring book, a brainy colouring book to help parents and helping kids. That's
0: so Am cool. I... And that's that's helpful with being able to obs- like absorb information is actually having tactile kinesthetic feedback. Oh yes. And having colour books kids and, toys so much. and stuff like that. That's very helpful. If it's just floating words, it's like I don't I know
1: what it is. And then, I don't care doesn't...
0: about your words, bro. Give me exactly. st- I want to feel, I want to feel.
1: Exactly. <laughs> exactly. You have a two-year-old who's just been, had something going on. They don't have the words, but they can pick up the yeah. toy and they can make the toy demonstrate. Or yeah. They can take their toys and make it demonstrate. So yeah, tactile, feel, I agree with you.
0: I think adults are the same.
1: Oh, I think we are the same. I think we're all kids at heart. So it's always in us. We yeah, just get know. our adults layer on top of the kid layer.
0: <laughs> yeah. And then uh, your Instagram is, is it Dr. Caroline Leaf?
1: Dr. Caroline Leaf. Yeah.
0: Cool. Sweet. Uh, well, thank you so freaking much.
1: Oh, thank you, Aaron. I always love talking to you. You always challenge me with lots of deep ideas, and I love your whole, you know, the holistic aspect. And thank you for asking about Godness and love, So God and love, whichever way you want to sing. Yeah, I love it.
0: Thanks. So yeah. wonderful. I enjoy it. Hopefully, I look forward to the next time we do this. I'm sure there will be a next time.
1: I mean, uh, we, Definitely. We was trying to do it in person next time. Now that we.
0: I know. Have we never yeah. done it in
1: person? We've never done it in person. And I actually want to My Miami and Dallas. So next time, I've got a studio in Dallas. Oh, so cool. next time I'm in, I'm in awesome. Dallas. Oh, and yeah, it's a, down the road. We should do it in we're person. Neighbors. We're
0: neighbors. That's so funny. There's some people like, I consider you actually like someone that I care about. Like, I consider you like a friend. And I'm like, oh, exactly. well, we've never even met.
1: <laughs> I know. It's, isn't that crazy? And you meet these people. And I met a few years in LA doing a book tour, and some of the people that I've been doing this with for ages. And it's like the first physical contact, but you're right. You feel like friends, you know? Oh, cause yeah. Well, anyway, oh. next time we're going to do this in person in my studio in Dallas.
0: Let's do it. All right, cool. Well, I appreciate you so much. Um you too. yeah. Uh, Thank that you is so it. That much. is all. Thank you all for tuning in and I will see you next week. Hope you guys enjoyed that conversation. Jump over to the Align Podcast YouTube page. Hit the subscribe button so you get each week's episodes. And then you will catch clips from the podcast such as this one. As well as instructional content that we are delivering every single week. So I have a great time on there. I think you guys will enjoy it. Check it out. Align Podcast on YouTube. Thank you for subscribing to this. Thank you for reviews wherever you're listening to this. Thanks for sharing it on Instagram. You can tag me at Align Podcast. Tag Carolyn Leaf at Dr. Carolyn Leaf. That is it. That is all. I'll see you next week.